the Summit of the Americas, which um, is kicking off today in Los Angeles. Not as many people there as we've had <laughs> in other years. It, it is a summit that brings together a bunch of different countries in North, Central, and South America. Um, but this year, uh, three were asked not to attend or told not to attend by U.S. President Joe Biden. And the term he came up with was less like-minded. Now, that's caused all kinds of issues, uh, including in our country. Jagmeet Singh saying, yeah, no, this kind of exclusionary process is not a good idea. Some other countries have said, well, if they can't come, we're not going. And our prime minister, though, has been been fairly quiet on the whole Situation. So let's get into this a bit. We're going to chat with Paul Knox now, a professor emeritus at Toronto Metropolitan University. Um, Mr. Knox, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you joining us. Happy to be here. Okay, so let's get a breakdown on Summit of Americas. It's it's countries from well from the Americas, just like it sounds. But um, how often does it happen, and, and and what's the focus of it? What's it about? Well, it started uh, way back, um, I guess, way back in the 1990s. Actually, I think it was. The first president George, uh, the first George Bush, who can be the first one, and uh, the idea was that um, you know it was uh, the Americas constituted a a real uh, a really important uh, zone globally, uh, you know, like Europe, uh, Asia, uh, East Asia, South Asia, Africa, and so on, and um, and that there was a real common interest in having them get together. Uh, uh, every every so often, um, uh, there is a body called the Organization of American States where they do meet, but that's not the leaders. That's just ambassadors, okay, diplomats. So the idea was that the leaders should get together, and they happen every. Uh, they have happened every four or five years, uh, and um, you know the, the they were first of all. I think Bush's first idea and everybody's first idea was that there would be, there would be a free trade zone. Uh, in the Americas, uh, something like NAFTA, but for the entire America as well, that didn't really happen. And uh, uh, since then, that that it, it's lost. That you know, the the fact that that didn't happen it means that they've kind of lost a, a little bit of steam. But um, it's still an important. Uh, you know, there 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 are common issues and. Uh, um, and uh, was a good opportunity yeah. for them all to get together. It, I mean, I'm sure there's definitely you know common issues that they could address. Now, of course, as we're talking about this, we've got three countries that have been excluded: Cuba, Venezuela, and I think Nicaragua was the third one um, by U.S. President uh, Joe Biden saying, "Please don't come." Has that ever happened before? And why did he decide to take this step? If I'm not mistaken, Cuba never uh, never was uh, present. Okay. Um, uh, the idea was that they were all supposed. It was supposed to be all the demo, quote democratic unquote countries of the Americas, and so uh, you know uh, recently, um, uh, you know in the last ten years or so, ten fifteen years, uh, Venezuela and 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 then Nicaragua have become um, quite uh, have gone uh, taken quite a leftward turn. More so, I would say in Venezuela's case, in Nicaragua, it's a little bit more of a a dictatorial turn yeah. uh, on the part of the, the president Daniel Ortega. Um, Venezuela is much more uh, an ideological um, shift uh, toward uh, toward the left, toward socialism, and uh, has taken you know uh, many actions that have prejudiced American interests, American companies, uh, oil companies principally um, that uh, used to operate in Venezuela and no longer do. And, um, you know, so that's the primary, 
motivation, and it's uh, hard to, you know, justify it. I think because as as difficult as those those countries may be from the Americans' perspective to deal with, they have a lot more affinity with uh, the rest of the countries uh, in Latin America. Lots of them have elected uh, in recent times um, more left-wing presidents, uh, uh, Chile, Peru, um, Bolivia, and uh, possibly upcoming Brazil and maybe even Colombia. And um, uh, I should add Mexico as well. Mm -hmm. And they're not as opposed to Venezuela as the Americans are. Uh, So, uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's it's a little bit of a slap in the face to everybody. Right. Well, that's say, the Please thing. don't come. Yeah, so, I mean, and a lot of countries, like you mentioned, Mexico, they've actually said, okay, well, if they're not coming, we're not going. So Exactly. Uh, um, it, 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 a rift you know, seems to be developing. I mean, either it's a summit or it isn't a summit. I mean, if right. you don't want to have it, don't have it. But, you know, the idea, I mean, this is the whole, the whole point of the thing. There's lots of other forums where they can exchange views, uh, you know, not at the leadership level, but, you know, country to country. The point of this is to get all the letter- leaders together in one room and try and decide on things, what they can agree on together. And if you, they're not going to do that, um, it's difficult to see what the point is. Um, does it sort of, I mean, like you say, a summit, you would bringing it together of all of the parties, but it seems to me like it's almost like, um, the United States summoning the colonies, if you will, kind of a thing. Like, exactly. clearly they see themselves as being uh, the shot caller here. First among equals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, of course, uh, historically, um, they have been to a large—they were to a large extent. Um, with the um, demise of the military governments that they supported and, in some cases, uh, essentially put in place— um, there was supposed to be a, re- a generalized return to democracy in the Americas, and there was, in fact, uh, a, a quite a dramatic um, turn in the 1980s and 1990s. And, uh, uh, you know, and the point was to build on that and, uh, you know, not only, um, not only talk about common issues, but actually do things like try to develop institutions that might uh, make it, easier for these democracies to endure, which has been very, very difficult uh, over the last really 200 years, partly because of the tremendous amount of influence that the Americans wanted to exert on the region. So, you know, you're either in favor of uh, trying to build something yeah. uh, in this, uh, you know, harmonious, dip- uh, uh, you know, leadership way, or um, you're going to do it, go back to doing it uh, Go back to protecting your your narrower interests in the way that uh, you know that uh, the United States and other uh, world powers uh, were more accustomed to in the past. So, so you know, I mean, uh, it, it, and to to sort of say don't come um, is like I don't I don't see why that's necessary. I mean, right. uh, you know, I just don't see why it's necessary. I mean, it should be possible to. Uh, I mean, other countries are not, you could say, well, they would be disruptive. If that's true, everybody who would come also has an interest in that not happening. And there are other countries who would be a lot more uh, better positioned to put pressure on them than, uh, than the Americans would. So, uh, you know, I, I, just, I, I just see it as a, a kind of leadership and diplomatic faux pas on Biden's part.
Um, what's Canada's role in all of this? Can, if Trudeau's been fairly quiet. Singh said some things. Do we need to make more of a, a fuss about the fact that these, these countries weren't included? Should Canada have opted out of the summit? I, I wish we would. Well, I don't, I, 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 I'm not sure I'd be in favor of not going, but I wish we would make more of a fuss, but I also wish we would have made more of a fuss all along. I mean, you know, Canada was a, a, a very strong promoter of the, um, the uh, many initiatives to uh, you know you know to promote the idea of democracy in the Americas and um, but recently um, other regions have taken a lot more uh, you know have, have assumed a lot more prominence in our foreign policy and we have also been quite critical of uh, both uh, particularly Venezuela um, but also Nicaragua and whether that's necessary or not. I, um, you know, I, I, it's always been hard for Canada to forge its own mm-hmm. um, course of action, its own pathways in the Americas. We are overshadowed very much by the U.S. It's also always been difficult for us to uh, develop a profile that's, you know, significantly different from the Americans. And uh, we look like them, we talk like them, uh, we don't always think with uh, like them but um we have to keep reminding ourselves of that and uh you know i i i have to say also that both countries both canada and the u.s have taken a lot less interest in uh this region um in i would say the past 10 years or so and, and um you know than 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 other parts of the world there may be good reasons for that but um certainly the americas have not been a huge part of our foreign policy, anything south of, uh, you know, south of Texas. Um, and, and uh, you know, I think we're seeing possibly the fruits of that in now. Uh, there might have been a time when we might have been able to influence, exert some influence on the Americans precisely not to take this kind of rash and counterproductive step. Um, I hope that we could... Uh, could or really would care to um, exert that influence at the moment. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Professor Knox, thanks so much for your time. appreciate you joining us today.